0: Welcome back to the New England Take and WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and nhtalkradio.com. I'm your host, AJ Kierstead. Be sure to get the back episodes of the show at thenewenglandtake.com. I'm joined by Ken Kale, who's won half of WKXL's Feltas and Kale, which airs weekdays at 11 AM, with the back episodes available at nhtalkradio.com. So, Ken, your show's tag says there are no punches thrown. I'm not sure if it's literal or not, but you're on the New England Take, so I'm going to ask you why you're one of these evil right-wing radio show hosts. Well, that's why we have the plexiglass, <laughs> so there will
1: be no punches thrown, You know, unless somebody uh, crashes into the plexiglass and breaks that. But uh, why am I? Well, I think I've always been. Actually, I, my, the first presidential campaign I was ever aware of was in nineteen sixty. Oh wow! It was Richard Nixon against John F. Kennedy, the Massachusetts senator. You think I would be in Kennedy's corner? Being from Massachusetts, and you know, living about ten miles north of Boston when I grew up, and uh, but I was a Nixon supporter, <laughs> and uh, you know, long before Watergate came along. But uh, yeah, and I was very uh, disappointed when I found out. I went to bed uh, the night of the election. I was, I was think I was in the first grade actually. Went to bed the night of the election, and uh, and then I woke up the next morning, found out that uh, Kennedy had beat him, and uh, I was very disappointed. I didn't want to go to school. I was very upset about that in 1960, so uh, that's how long I've been— uh, leaning right, as they say.
0: Is, is it just in your must, family? Must they have been lead? my evil
1: parents. Yeah, I know. My that's evil, what I was about to say. My evil Republican parents. <laughs> 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 I
0: mean, that's what happened with me. I mean, that's the reason why I got into politics was, was my dad. My dad was huge into politics, yeah. right right wing. He eventually became more libertarian yeah. as he got older. He passed away a few years back. But, um, so it's very interesting. I mean, how much of an impact did that really have going forward? What your par- how your parents
1: felt on it? And they were not really activists. I mean, they, yeah. they voted, and we we talked about politics. They weren't really into it, uh, you know, like like a lot of people are. But uh, but they were both Republicans, and always I I do believe voted Republican uh, in all the elections, whether it be <laughs> presidential or gubernatorial or Senate, whatever it might be. So. Uh, or even you know local aldermen uh, in in Melrose when I was growing up. So, I, you know I think uh, m- most people I would say a vast majority of people are influenced by you know the affiliations their their parents had. Yeah, definitely. I would have to say my daughters are the exception to that rule, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got the like my son's gonna be the same way. <laughs> he, he, he's
0: a uh, he, he's seven, and I already see the uh, the hippie strain coming up in
1: him. <laughs> I don't know where I went wrong. I know, right? But both of my daughters supported <laughs> a, a candidate that I would not have supported uh, last time around. With the initials of BS. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so I, I mean, are you? I mean, you've you've got a history in radio that's,
1: that that covers sports. Checker, checker that. yeah, history. Checker past.
0: I, I mean, did it start? To, what what was your direction when you first got into it?
1: Well, I I always uh, knowing that my athletic uh, prowess was uh, very very limited. The, I'll tell you the peak of my athletic career. Was when I was 11 years old, and I came in second place in the Melrose punt, pass, and kick competition. But that was it. That was the pinnacle. That's as far uh, as you can make. Could, that, that, couldn't combine them. But. And, and I got a, and my prize was a New York Giants helmet. You know, because they were the team that people followed back then uh, in the Boston area. Because you know the Patriots were in their infancy, and they really didn't get a whole lot of. Press or TV coverage. So the Giants were the team that everybody was interested in at that time. So that was, uh, you know, when I was, what, uh, you know, 11. So that would have been like in the mid 60s. And the you know, Patriots were, you know, just, you know, sort of in there in their infancy. But anyway, uh, I always wanted, I, I was fascinated with radio. And uh, when I was maybe nine or 10, I got a Grundig radio. Like top of the line uh, radio, it even had a short wave band on it, but it was AM FM, which was wow. really in its infancy then. Really experimental. The fact that you
0: can, you said top end radio period yeah. puts the generation shift there because I couldn't even tell you what a top end radio could have been because MP3 started <laughs> blowing up when I was in high school. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that's <laughs> it, and this was a huge, and I still have it to this day. Uh, Grundig radio, AM FM, shortwave. Uh, my father was into shortwave uh, a little bit, but nonetheless, uh, I used to try and find as many out-of-town sporting events as I could—baseball games, basketball games, hockey games. Listen on, you know, stations that had a good skip, like WCAU in Philadelphia, and uh, station in you know Pittsburgh, KDKA, and WJR in Detroit. And I would listen to some of the great baseball broadcasters, basketball broadcasters, in particular. Uh, and uh, so I just had a great love for radio and always wanted to do that. And so I started actually corresponding with uh, uh, the voice of the Philadelphia 76ers at the hmm. time. His name was Andy Musser. And uh, I used to write to him, write to him. I actually sent letters, <laughs> uh, believe it or not. But this was you know back in the 60s. And I was junior high or freshman in high school, but young. And I used to say, you know, if you ever need a a statistician when you come to the Boston Garden, just let me know. I'd be happy to do it. And, you know, ultimately, I worked as his statistician. That was my first real foray uh, into radio, was keeping stats for uh, Andy Musser when the 76ers would come to play the Celtics. Or back during that era, they used to have NBA doubleheaders, believe it or not. And, like, let's say Philadelphia would play the San Diego Rockets or the Seattle Supersonics in the first game, and the Celtics would play, you know, the San Francisco Warriors in, in the nightcap. Oh, wow. But they used to have, you know, two NBA games. I mean, it's hard to believe, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I've never heard of that four, before. Four teams, two NBA games, and you get in for two bucks. How about that? That's a heck of a day. Yeah. Uh, or, or you could pay as much as four if you really wanted a good seat. But nonetheless, so uh, they used to come in, the 76ers would come in, you know, to the garden maybe seven or eight times a year between playing double-header games and games against the Celtics. And so, you know, he would give me 10 bucks and get me in free, you know. I would have paid him 10 bucks yeah. if I hadn't. Uh, but uh, it was a great. That was a good experience. And that led uh, to another opportunity. Uh, another night I was uh, at the first ever American Hockey League game at the old Boston Garden. The Bruins used to have their American Hockey League affiliate, the Boston Braves, play at the old uh, Boston Garden. So, the first game, I was there with a friend of mine, and uh, you know Bob Wilson, who was the longtime voice of the Bruins, was a you know a real you know he was a real idol of mine. I, I idolized the guy, and uh, he was up there, high in the rafters of the old Boston Garden just uh, sitting there uh, you know, by himself, except he did have an engineer with him uh, several feet away. So the next morning, this was a Friday, the next morning I wrote a letter to Bob Wilson at WBZ and said, you know, I would love to uh, you know, keep stats with you. I saw you up there all by yourself. If you needed somebody to run to get your coffee or whatever it was that you wanted, uh, I'd be more than happy to do anything just to see how the broadcast works and help you any way I can. But I, you know, I'd written, like, like I said, and I worked with Andy Musser from Philadelphia. And I mentioned to Bob in the letter that I worked with Andy Musser, did stats for him. And they knew each other. They knew each other. You know, I, I had no clue, but they knew each other. And uh, so anyway, this was a, a Saturday. I wrote the letter, mailed the letter. Monday afternoon, I was out in the backyard playing wiffle ball with my friends. And my father comes out to our back porch and said, you have a call? And back then, I never got calls. I, you know, uh, you it's not like you had a phone cert- in your pocket. It cer- certainly wasn't from a girl. <laughs> so I said, who is it? And uh, he said, it's Bob Wilson. I mean, this is like two days later. Wow. And uh, so I thought it was some family friend uh, that might have been up to a prank and, you know, pranking me. But I said, you, I thought my, in my head, they can never fool me with Bob Wilson's voice because he has the best voice ever and nobody, can, nobody else can pull that off. It turned out to be the real Bob Wilson, and he said, can you uh, meet me at the press gate at the Garden Friday night? This was a Monday. I said, sure. So, uh, in fact, uh, I kept stats for him that Friday night in Braves game at, at the Old Garden. And kept stats. He was doing Bruins and Braves games. He did all the Bruins games. And then he did the Braves when wow. he had an off night or whatever. And it coincided. Uh, all on WBZ in Boston. And uh, so I did, kept stats for the Braves. And then the next year, the guy who kept stats for him for the Bruins got, was working for Delta Airlines. And uh, their headquarters moved to Atlanta. So the guy who was keeping stats for him had to move to Atlanta to maintain his job. There was no working from home back then, you know <laughs> you had to actually go to work. Uh, can you believe that? But anyway, so I got to do the Bruins games during uh, the statistics, that is, mm-hmm. during the Bobby Orr era. so it was oh, uh, wow. it was unbelievable. And, and Bob Wilson uh, actually got me my first opportunity to work inside a radio station, producing at WBZ radio, working behind the scenes, producing talk shows, screening calls. Making sure the commercials ran when they should. And uh, so, you know, I I really owe a lot to uh, both Andy Musser, who took me on for a little while, and then Bob Wilson, the uh, longtime voice of the Bruins. So, those are the two guys that really helped me and uh, worked at WBZ behind the scenes and a little bit on the air uh, for four years uh, before I uh, worked in Connecticut and then ultimately uh,
0: in New Hampshire. So, was it? Was, were these broadcasters the one that really made you want to get on the air, or
1: was oh, it Oh, yeah. Well, I to, always wanted to be on yeah. the air. Always Who wanted doesn't? to be on the air. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, you know, now you have a big show here on oh, KXL, yeah. you know. But uh, no, I, I always wanted to be on the air. And uh, actually, I did have an opportunity to be on the air. The first station I was ever you know, on the air was uh, WBZ. Oh, wow. And it came during the time, it was during the 1975 World Series. Red Sox and the Reds because uh, they had you know other options, other people in the building that were covering the games and that sort of thing, so they were short-staffed. So I had a chance and uh, uh, got a chance to go on there and do some on-air work on on BZ, and you know, that, that was pretty intimidating, you know, being... It's a big station. You know, I was 21 <laughs> at the time and, and I had been to a broadcasting school uh, in Boston, Leland Powers School. Uh, also the... Uh, the alma mater of Charlie Sherman as well was, uh, but uh, I, I I went there, but I, I learned more in like two days at WBZ than I did during my my time at Leland Powers, I must say. It's, it's you know? very much you
0: you got to get either behind the mic or behind the computer that's yeah. running the systems when it comes to radio. Yeah. Every station is very different, it's and true. yeah, it, and it takes practice of troubleshooting
1: and figuring out how things actually work and what's interesting. Without question. Yeah. Yeah. Every place is different. No doubt about it. So, but that was, uh, you know, I didn't do a whole lot of technical work uh, at BZ, which uh, they're forever grateful for. Uh, But, uh, you know, like I say, lining up guests for talk shows, uh, you know, screening telephone calls during talk shows, making sure commercials ran when they should and as many as they should. And so it was, it was great working at a, at a huge radio station in Boston that I grew up listening to. So it was a, a great experience. And as I mentioned from there, I went to Hartford uh, for about a year and then uh, came to New Hampshire and pretty much have been here uh, ever since. Yeah. I mean, what you moved on from just doing
0: sports. I mean, what was that transition like?
1: Well, actually, when I was at BZ, I was producing, you know, uh, not only sports talk shows, but a a political talk show, okay. Jerry Williams, who was on WBZ for many years. And uh, that's how I wound up going to Connecticut because he ultimately got fired by Westinghouse Broadcasting and uh, wound up in Connecticut for a short time. He wanted me to come down with him and be his producer, and I did uh, for a while. But he, he left a short time uh, into his tenure in Connecticut. And after uh, you know his uh, his time had run out, he had uh, a 90-day or maybe a three-month which would be ninety days non-compete in Boston. Couldn't work for another station. Oh wow! So when that ran out, he kind of left the station abruptly in Connecticut and went to work at WRKO uh, in Boston. And uh, so I, I stayed in Connecticut for a while longer. But uh, but no, I yeah, I, I've done pretty much everything. I mean, the, the, between uh, sports talk shows. Uh, issue-oriented talk shows, uh, play-by-play. I've, I've played a lot of music, a lot of oldies on the radio over the years, have done news. So, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know. And uh, so it just was it seemed like a natural transition. I've never really been involved in any two, you know, really controversial uh, talk shows, but, uh, you know, as, as you know, I do lean to the right uh, a little bit.
0: So. I mean, how did the conservative talk movement that, that happened in the 80s, I believe it was with Rush, and yeah. um, in the explosion of talk radio really affect your career path or the stations
1: you were at? You know, I n- never worked at a station, actually, that carried Rush, but uh, certainly listened to Rush uh, over the years. And uh, it's amazing how, you know, and obviously he was a tremendous success and almost from from day one, really, of his national show, he was a success. And then there were so many after him. It's it's amazing to me how the uh, conservative talk shows seem to be uh, more successful. Yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you look at the numbers uh, and look at the ratings for the stations that carry conservative talk programming – uh, their numbers tend to be larger than uh, than the alternative.
0: Yeah, I yeah? mean, you either got to have you got to have either a conservative or a shock jock somewhere in the roster right. to stand out. Right.
1: No. No. Exactly. But uh, yeah, the the you know Russia's numbers obviously were just uh, unbelievable for so many years, and and you've had you know so many others uh, as well. You know, I think of Sean Hannity and 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 others who uh, followed in that uh, in that path. But he really he really blazed the trail. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. There, there probably you know, wouldn't be uh, a Sean Hannity or others like him today if it had not been for Rush Limbaugh.
0: He also was so extreme with his joking and yeah. the subject matter he wanted to do. It made a lot of other yeah. conservative talks seem a lot more tame, which probably helped everyone else. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I've enjoyed doing the talk no matter what it is. And uh, you know, whether it be uh, you know issue-oriented uh, to a certain extent, or just a general or sports talk, and and you know the play-by-play I've done over the years has been uh, a lot of fun as well with the Monarchs and and uh, other teams as well.
0: All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back after this. We're going to discuss uh, what you've been doing with Dan Feltas, which is super interesting, especially with uh, Dan's uh, different political career and professional career path from you. So we'll get into that after this. You're listening to the New England Take WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 of three point nine FM, NHTalkRadio.com. I'm AJ Kiersad. Back after this break. Welcome back to The New England Take on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and nhtalkradio.com. I'm your host, AJ Kierstead. Check out The New England Take to catch out our podcast feeds. Be sure to subscribe and share the posts. It does a lot to really help us get out in front of more people, especially if you follow us on Facebook, our handles New England Take. Uh, share the videos, share the posts. It, it really gets us in front of more people and feed the algorithm, the mystical evil algorithm that we have to slave over nowadays. I'm joined today with uh, Ken Kale, who right now, his latest gig is doing a show with... Of which with, there have been many. <laughs> there have been many, which we discussed <laughs> in the last segment. Uh, Wait now, till next week. Yes. Yeah. I mean, now you're doing a talk show with yeah. Dan Feltis, right. former New Hampshire senator. He previously ran for governor against yeah. Sununu in the last term. I mean, what's that like for
1: you? It's actually really good. I, you know, Dan has done, uh, you know, he's adapted uh, very well. We have not had any uh, slugfests. Maybe the plexiglass uh, helps, but, uh, no, Dan's a a terrific guy. Uh, I'm not saying I voted for him, but, uh, no, he's he's a terrific guy. And and we've gotten along very well and explored uh, a a lot of issues. I mean, Dan has two young daughters, and uh, so we focused uh, a lot on You know, child care and uh, the the great need for it in this state. And, you know, since the pandemic, so many child care centers have closed permanently and it has a great impact on the economy as well, uh, because so many working mothers can't go back to work because of the lack of child care. We've talked a lot about this uh, on the show. And, uh, you know, it is a serious issue in, in the state of New Hampshire. So, uh, Dan is, uh, you know, has really we've, both of us have, you know, focused on that. Dan has brought that to light. And I think it's, you know, certainly one of the issues he ran on too, was the fact that, you know, you, you know, women have a, a, a difficult time because normally, you know, they're the child care providers in the home for the most part. Uh, and, uh, how difficult it is now for them to return to the workforce and, uh, you know, uh, there's, there's a certain, you know, part of the uh, population has gotten their stimulus checks and unemployment and all that. Uh, and uh, I'm sure there are some people who are trying to milk it for all, all they can, and uh, some have. But really, I think most people, given the option, really want to work. Mm-hmm. I really think most people want to work and, and earn a paycheck and not live on the government dole as it were. And you know, the way the yeah.
0: economy works nowadays yeah. is uh, you need especially in New Hampshire with the way pro- how expensive it is to live in the state yeah. is you need two people both the parents to be yeah. working, especially cases, younger yeah. families. I mean we had to do that. My my wife was working up until about uh, 2 3 years ago when mm-hmm. I got to a state where it's like okay, we can afford we we're going we're gonna to lose some, but we're yeah. going we can afford to make the sacrifice yeah. so that you can be full-time home with our son.
1: And you know, I think more people uh, during the pand- during the pandemic, learned to get by with less. I'm really
0: fascinated to see what's going to happen in six months. Yeah, when when things are actually fully open. Yeah, childcare centers are open. Yeah, how many how many families are just going to have
1: one parent going back to work full yeah, time? I think people have uh, been able to get by with less, uh, and uh, you know because of the fact that. Uh, there weren't as many options available to them. I mean, uh, for a period of time, most of the restaurants were closed, so you're not going out to eat as much. Uh, obviously, uh, entertainment venues uh, were closed, so you didn't have that expense if you wanted to go to movies or concerts or that sort of thing. Sporting events, you couldn't do that either. And I, I think, you know, people have uh, learned to adapt. And I'm sure people certainly will be going back to all of those things and more. But will they be going back as much? And will their tastes be as maybe extravagant as they once were? Maybe they'll learn to get by with less money and make those sacrifices to spend more time with their family and more in the child care.
0: Yeah, in my opinion, a very traditional when it comes to family matters yeah. where it comes like you you need to focus on your family first Yeah, and I'm really it's going to be really interesting in a generation people are still going to be scarred by what happened with the COVID pandemic it's yeah. going to be a disaster with regards to how it restructures anything but in a generation or two I mean, it'd be interested to see if we start going back to more and more where one per, one uh, parent stays home values, and more traditional values, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, more focus on what you're doing with your family as opposed to relying on child care uh, outside of the family and such. Yeah,
1: no, I, absolutely. And I, I think, honestly, right now anyway, it is trending in that direction. Yeah. I, I really and truly do, I think. You know, uh, whoever the primary caregiver is, and uh, I can't just say women, that would be sexist, because it's not really true. I mean, there are some some men that uh, do the child care as well at, at home. And uh, they're saying, you know, we, we kind of like this. We kind of yeah. like. Being I, home. I spent the first month yeah.
0: of my, my after my son was born yeah. at home with him. It, yeah. it was amazing. Yeah. And my poor wife was off going to work that month because she had the summer off, so she had to work that last month, and she was devastated. I felt horrible every day She went to work, <laughs> no. but I'm like at home. I was like, okay,
1: bye. Yeah. yeah. I'm cuddle the baby. the baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I think people, you know, will like that. They'll 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 sacrifice. Yeah. Some of the uh, quote unquote extravagances they might have had in their lives. Uh, in order to uh, you know raise their children, uh, you know the way the, the way they think they should.
0: Yeah, know? it's just kind of a funny yeah. way of thinking about it. Is it's also going to have an impact on the gig and part time economy a lot more because you're going to have a lot more demand for those evening jobs or flexible jobs than we had before. Yeah, because you're going to have like me, like I've this KXL has been my part time job for ten years. Wow. Uh, I was like, I've been doing. I started here doing board op yeah. for high school sports, and then yeah. I started doing the website. And then it's like, okay, can you work, work on the microphones? You got a tech background, and, so, and just expanded from there. Yeah. The amount of part time jobs. Oh, well, that you're are the long-term. MVP around here. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. There's
1: no question about that.
0: It, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with these part time jobs becoming more viable as part time jobs. instead of just throwing a pittance here and there, like Uber t- was guilty of at the
1: start yeah you know exactly and i i run into a lot of people actually you know what i've been doing because uh f- quite frankly i don't have a full-time job right now after many years uh i've been filling the void since uh, october uh doing some uh, instacart shopping <laughs> uh, doing some doordash I, I do it to this day yeah um uh, because it's it's flexible you know, you work when you want, uh, how you know, as much as you want or as little as you want, depending on your day. Uh, so I, I've been doing that, and uh, I know I see other people out there who, who are doing the same thing that are, you know, my age and, and sometimes even older than I am, which is hard to believe. But, but they're out there making a few uh, extra bucks and, you know, trying to make ends meet. Yeah, and it's going to... It's going to make the harder case for what California is trying to
0: do with locking down on these these companies like this. I think it's which, yeah. uh, thankfully, in my opinion, though it's my and my full time gig yeah. uh, is like I hear very much the the fight for the opposite. The left is very much against. Uh, letting them continue to operate like this, but part time jobs have always been there. Yeah. It's always been the market. It's always been right. the breadwinner oh, works extra absolutely. as much as they can. Yeah. It's where overtime came from. Overtime is seen as va- extremely yeah.
1: valuable to the working class. Oh, there's no doubt about that. No no doubt about it. You know what I only wish I had while well, I was working uh, at another station, which we shall not mention. <laughs> but I you know, I was working, you know, quote unquote full time, but in reality like four or five hours a day. I, I wish I had explored these other opportunities yeah. then. I would have <laughs> would have been in better financial shape at that point. But uh, but sometimes when you have a quote unquote full time job like that, you're not even thinking about it. But
0: and, I mean, the corporate speak for the millennials, especially. Um, and now the Zoomers coming in is the, uh, it's called new collar jobs, mm-hmm. where it's people like me, mm-hmm. essentially, that can do, they can do a lot more of the get down in the weeds and take care of stuff, but yeah. also have a little more ability to do management or yeah. uh, specialize in some things, but still do the jack of all trades, which is how a lot of businesses operate. I and mean, it's oh, going to be sure. even more valuable to yeah. have that, those
1: skills. No, exactly so. Uh, yeah. The more valuable you can be to your, your company, your business, uh, the better. Yeah. And, you certainly have a lot of skills, AJ. <laughs> you, you really do. You, you really and truly do. I don't know where this station would be without you. <laughs> yeah.
0: so, so what are some other things that's really stood out to you uh, with uh, Feltas and Kale?
1: Well, You know, the thing of it is, I mean, people would, would think that it, it was strictly politics. And I, I tell you what, I, I look at some of the ratings, and it's not all about ratings, obviously. But I look at ratings of the all-news networks, CNN, MSNBC, even Fox they're all down right now. Totally. All of them are down significantly. And I think people are pretty much fed up with politics. I hope with so. Politics. <laughs> I hope really. So. I think, you know, really I think they're fed up. So we've tried to do uh, a number of different things. Uh one of the guests we had on not too long ago was uh, the former Pittsburgh Pirates great Dave Parker who has uh, a new book out. But it's not it's not all, you know, it's not all politics. It's uh you know, as as one of the other programs that builds itself on this station beyond politics, <laughs> um, but you know, and then we try to have a little fun and we kick things around. We talk about what day of the week it is. You know, it could be a National Shrimp Day or whatever it turns out to be. But it's not. It's not all serious political talk. We like to delve into it, but we don't want to bore people too much with all political talk.
0: Yeah, that's that. been a big issue, especially like I saw growing up with. The the late Bush into Obama politics really started infesting into everything, especially mm-hmm. through social media because it's it just feeds once again feeds the algorithm super well right. because people are gonna fight about politics. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it I think it's really important because I remember growing up that wasn't what people focused on like yeah. that was there. Yeah, but I I will never have my kid go to a rally. It's like, you know, you're not going to a rally of any sort. I don't care if I agree or disagree until you're old enough to make your own decision. You can yeah. be a teenager or whatever. You gonna be a rebellious teenager. There's nothing I can do about that. Yeah. But until then, you shouldn't have to worry about it. You should know
1: who the president sure. is and such. Yes.
0: Yeah. But outside of that, maybe yeah. have a general idea of what sort of things matter to certain politicians. But that should be basically it.
1: Yeah. No, I, I would agree. And I, I think right now people have just just become tired of it. I You know... Uh, I know there are people who have uh, Trump derangement syndrome mm. and all that, and and I know a lot of the uh, ratings downfall now of the the uh, cable news network is the fact that you know Trump's not around. Yeah. You know, once he becomes a a major player again, if he does, and I happen to think he will. Yeah. Likely. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, you know, and and there are people whether they be on you know Fox or MSNBC or CNN, they just no matter what, it always it always comes back to Trump, you know. Even yeah. now, even now, and yeah. that's how he got elected. Ultimately, yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: he ran so many times. Yeah. I mean, he was running back in the '90s. I yeah. think was the first first yeah. run. Yeah,
1: but uh, but certainly, I I think you know he uh, he came in and capitalized on on the fact that you know you think about it. I mean, uh, the last two Democratic candidates. Let's face it. I mean, they have been very weak in, terribly in, yeah and i mean
0: biden ran on the fact he's, yeah. he was a warm body that wasn't trump
1: yeah exactly <laughs> exactly right and you know how much he was protected during his campaign and beyond by the media and it you know it was exactly the opposite with trump i, I mean they you know at least uh, you know with most of the media uh, totally uh, totally against uh, donald trump and never really gave him an opportunity but i think i think honestly in my lifetime, he's one of the top two presidents that, uh, in my lifetime, I would have to say, have- him, him and Ronald Reagan, <laughs> for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so- give,
0: a, give a quick plug to
1: this show. Felderson and Kale every morning at uh, 11.05, and occasionally it pops up other time slots, too, uh, in the evening. And, uh, we, you know, we talk about everything. Believe me, it's not just politics. And we have uh, Amy Hall on from the Granite State Dairy Promotion. Her ice cream trail is starting Memorial Day weekend. So it's a lot of fun. We, we have a good time. And it proves that both sides of the aisle can get along. You know, we may disagree, but we're civil about it. Yeah. Thanks, thanks so much for joining me,
0: Ken. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you also to uh, Tiffany Fuller from the Department of Insurance for joining me and talk about what she's doing over there to inform uh, consumers on getting the, getting appropriate insurance, and also for Steve Leone, who's the publisher of The Conquer Monitor, who is in the first segment. You can check out all the shows on demand at thenewenglandtake.com. Please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. I'm your host, AJ Kierstead. Thanks for listening to WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and nhtalkradio.com.